Bildungsentwicklung Tanz, ein Forschungsprojekt konzipiert, gestaltet und realisiert von Paul Fossa. Heute mit Joe Parks. Hello, today we are with Joe Parks. Joe Parks is a dancer, artist, facilitator and educator. She holds a master's degree in choreography at the University of California, UCLA. She earned a degree first class in English literature and modern languages at the University of Oxford. For over two decades, she has worked internationally with co-creative participatory dance <coughs> and creatives installations, encounters, performance, and videos. She's the founder and artistic director of Mobile Dance EV, which offers art projects at the intersection of artist and social political concerns. For her work, she received several awards, including German Prize and Icarus. She serves on the board of Action Tanz, Dance in Education and Society, the membership body for community and participatory dance in Germany, where she is now associated artist. From 2020 to 2022, she was a visiting professor at the Inter-University Dance <coughs> Center of Dance, HZT, in Berlin, UDK Ernst Busch. In September 2022, Joe started as course leader for a new MA dance. Participation, communities, activism at the London Contemporary Dance School, which she co-wrote with LCDS team. Hello, dear Joe. Hi, Paolo. Very nice to be here. Thank you for the invitation. I'm very happy you are here. I'm, I'm very sorry for my <clears throat> broken voice. <laughs> yeah, I hope you get better soon. <laughs> yes. So, first of all, thank you very much for agreeing to do this interview for my platform, Bildung and Vikruntanz, Educational Development Dance. And of course, thank you for your time. Oh, you're very welcome. So, I start with my first question. How does education relate to dance for you? Well, I think I uh, see them as the same thing, essentially. I understand the practices with which I work in dance as research for collective living. So, they're encounters and processes that bring different people together to think with our bodies and of course our brain is part of our body um about how how we live together and in particular at this moment in time how we face some of the urgencies that we're facing as as global citizens so i see my practice as a kind of ongoing education of <laughs> myself, everyone who's involved in it, but also of the context in which we're in, we're always trying to kind of feed this learning into the wider context. But of course, I've also spent my life busy with education more formally. I've worked a lot with dance in schools. Um, so in the formal compulsory education system, particularly in Germany and the UK. Um, and um, 
I now am teaching, I'm now leading a master's program and teaching on the BA, BA at London Contemporary Dance School. So um, I'm also involved in looking at the place of dance, movement, embodied research in different learning, teaching and learning situations. I think, you know, when I first started working in schools, I, I'm getting on now, you know, it was 25 years ago. And I remember that Ken Robinson back then, who uh, is a thinker and researcher around education, um, was talking about how the education system no longer is suitable for the needs of the world, like that it was set up post the war to kind of feed this uh, production system that was about, you know, educating good workers to make stuff to sell. Um, and that this system of education doesn't suit what the world needs nowadays. And 25 years later, of course, we're still having exactly the same conversation. And I think in Germany, this is a little bit better, like this notion of how you educate a whole citizen and the role of creativity, the role of empathy, the real role of collaborative um, experiences in education. And I have to say, I've I've moved back to the UK and here I have the feeling that the progress that we had made has been wound back in the last decade. So, um yeah, this is this is I think the huge potential of dance in educating. And I think when I think about education, I think about this as a lifelong process. I'm not only talking about formal education in schools, but I think that what encounters of the body and collective encounters of the body, which are about problem solving together. <laughs> to make something, whatever that might be, it doesn't have to be a performance, but whatever it is that we're trying to make together, it might be a dinner or it might be uh, an encounter or a disco or workshop, whatever it is, that this meeting in trying to collectively create something teaches us something about the people around us, about ourselves in relationship to the people around us, this individual and this group. It teaches us about decision-making, decision leading and following, how we respond to what kinds of in, input. It teaches us about our own um, agency to bring an idea and have a group accept it. Um, and I know that this is what we need at this moment in time. Like if we are going to address the massive concerns facing humanity at the moment, we are going to need to get really, really good at working collectively. And I think contemporary dance in particular, although I don't actually really want to divide between the dance forms, let's strike contemporary dance, like dance that's about co-creative dance processes in particular. So where an artist is coming in with a group of people and trying to make the thing that only this group of people in this moment of time with that artist can make, that these kind of processes are teaching us something that we really need. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say we can leave contemporary dance, but make it bright at the dance of today in the sense yeah. of the contemporary of dance. And I would, because I think dance needs also to evolve and it, 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 it did it, maybe not with a 
the, the, the speed we wish. But but I, I'm I'm very surprised what when you say that the German system, in, in your opinion, it's much forward because I am happy first because I'm living here, but also I didn't expect it. I, guess. I think there are different trajectories. I would I wouldn't say that it's brilliant in Germany, but I think there has been over the last 20 years this incremental uh increase in understanding in the education system about the importance of cultural education. Um, different initiatives and funding programs and structural change, which has carried that on. And you're completely right. You know, the battles of our, of the previous generation anchored dance in schools in the UK and what's happened over the last 12 years of a conservative right of centre government is that the space for that curriculum has been shrunk and shrunk and shrunk so the numbers of people taking those courses the resources available for those courses are all uh, have, have shrunk but i think this very nice i'm very happy we touch this point with you because that remind us that we cannot give us grant what we reach <laughs> we always have to keep <laughs> Roe versus Wade, right? We've really seen it in the last time that the the progress that our foremothers and forefathers made um, is never secure and we always have to keep fighting for it. Yeah. Yes. And before I go to the, my next question, I, I would also like to point at the beautiful things you said, that learning is a life process. And that's exactly what for me is the point also of this platform and thinking of learning not just as formal moment in life but a, a life system that we have to agree and we have to think about so thank you for reminding this very important point <laughs> so i will i will jump to my second question so dear joe we have known each other for several years now we collaborate on a beautiful site specific project back in 2008 if i'm not mistaken and since then, your already rich activity has collected even more importance and awards all deserve it. And insist that uh, are the result of a constant work motivated by great passion and competences. So today I would like you to tell us about your a bit about your artistic journeys along, but maybe you can make a, a, a resume <laughs> that has led you to work and design performances and education programs with people from different social and cultural backgrounds and with different physical abilities. And I would like you <clears throat> to explain to us, in the light of your experience, how dance can be an essential artistic educational tool for the development of the individual in our society. Wow, it's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to trust that you're going to keep pulling me back to it. And maybe I would like to expand the question about the development of the individual. And also, let's expand it and talk about how it's important for the development of society and its institutions. Um, and, I, and I expand it because I think that the world of participatory and community dance that I cut my teeth in, that I inherited from people like Victoria Marks or Adam Benjamin or Celeste Miller or Liz Lerman, uh, Jaralee Willa-Josela, this, this, um, this work um, has, I think, 
always had a systemic activist tendency alongside um, this focus on encounters between individuals and empowering and supporting an individual's growth. And Francois Matarasso talks a lot about um, uh, how the community arts movement started out as a very grassroots kind of political uh, uh, movement. And I think community dance, we really lost that, you know, and, and Matarasso writes that too, somehow it drifted away and uh, and while there's this kind of extraordinary, also now scientifically grounded, very ethical and integral work uh, in individuals and with different communities, I'm really interested at the moment, and this is why the new MA also brings this discourse around activism into this, this field, I'm really interested for us also to remember to see the context that these projects and this work is situated in and to constantly be pulling our, our blick, I went into German, <laughs> uh, pulling our focus back to understand what kind of institutional social factors are playing a role here that create the uh, the disadvantage or the barrier that we're working against. And what of our work can be carried into that system to ensure that we're also kind of progressively changing the systems that we're inside of? So, yeah, I think uh, we are an essential tool. And <laughs> um, yeah, and I think your question asks me to go a little bit into my biography or like my kind of artistic journey. And it's interesting, uh, my, I come from my grandparents' generation from a very working class background in the middle of England in a community that uh, was faced with much deprivation, uh, struggling social systems. My parents made that first kind of transition out, you know, into kind of lower middle classness. They managed to move out of this quite quite intense urban context into into the suburbs and they bought a house and so so for me I think my interest in arts at the intersection of social concerns probably comes from this I have an auntie who led community choirs and still does into her 90s my mom and her worked in a school. They were always getting the kids to sing in choirs and would ask me to come in and get them to dance. So while they would never frame themselves as community artists or kind of make themselves wide in a field <laughs> the way that I have the privilege of doing, um, I think I inherited that from them. And then as I... I didn't know contemporary dance existed when I read English literature and German. I knew that ballet and jazz existed, but I had not... And I'd never met contemporary dance. And at Oxford, one of my professors introduced me to contemporary dance and my head went, <laughs> my head exploded because I understood, ah, here is a place where what we would now call interdisciplinary or uh, interdisciplinary or transdisciplinary work. Like I understood, ah, here is a place where all of the things that I am, my uh, liking to think and write and read, my being in my body, my dance, but also my social engagement, all of this can come together in this place. And then I went to UCLA and Victoria, Mar I was so lucky, Victoria Marks was leading the department there. I saw her extraordinary work, Mothers and Daughters with Margaret Williams, this series of films that they'd made. 
And I really understood that there was a practice for me that I, I'm not the choreographer that wants to have a group of dancers who all have the same training or that actually what I'm interested in from my own kind of motivation is being in a room with a question with lots of people who have different experiences to mine. So it was a real artistic drive too. And I think this is really important when we think about uh, socially engaged work or work that's kind of trying to reach out beyond, beyond perhaps the communities that come to it anyway, you know, communities of place and how you make them communities of interest. I think it's really important, particularly as we, as we talk about kind of anti-racist and post-colonial work to uh, really question your own motivations in that, um, which I think back then I didn't, I didn't understand those frameworks so much. And I'm still like everyone at the moment, uh, revisiting all of my learning and practices and asking myself those questions. So I got a bit lost. Vic Marks, huge influence. <laughs> Uh, then I met Adam Benjamin, who, you know, let me follow him around and learn with him in Ethiopia. He was working with the Adunia Dance Company that Dance United had set up. And so they were also very profound experiences of learning about uh, working with bodies that have different abilities and then kind of going, kind of making that transition into the non-ableist discourses and and developing that work. So Adam was also a huge influence. <laughs> I think you have a similarity because I, for when I started dance was late and I didn't know even there was existing something called contemporary dance. And then when I, I, I find it out, that was also for me the same, like why would you even find it before? Or what, what I did before? I mean, not not to, to say anything bad about any, any other technique, but in the way of thinking is, is explosive. Somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it is this. I was talking to someone who works in NGOs uh recently, and I was saying, I know it's a kind of bit like kind of artsy fartsy thought, <laughs> and it kind of stays inside the bubble too much. But I do think this attempt to um create utopian uh, ways of being together that goes on in practices when they're when we're when we're trying to devolve hierarchies where we're trying to um hold the space for everyone in the room to be in the room as they are and to bring the expertise that they have there is something very utopian about this which I kind of see saw when you were talking about it can happen for you in that moment and it definitely happened happened for me um and one of my desires is that we carry the information that we have from this beyond the walls of those of us who are interested in it anyway. And this has always been an issue for me. Like I have have always wanted to be working in a place where it wasn't only my peers and people who were anyway interested who were who were doing it. And I remember I have this beautiful image of you and Laura Jones in that project in 2008 in the station doing this gorgeous duet together and and us being on this station concourse with everybody <laughs> walking by and stopping or not stopping or and and these moments where where these worlds meet and intersect fleeting or longer or really over a long period of time they have always been the site of interest for me. 
Yes, I have also beautiful memory. Also, when I I was running with her and I make her fall, <laughs> the poor. <laughs> well, actually, was our one of our guests also Laura, and I was, ah! was very happy to interview her. And I'm very happy that now she's successfully leading also kind of the company education system. So I'm very very happy for. I mean, I I, I we had kind of installed a, a friendship. It was more than just a colleague for me. I really liked her so so much, and it was very nice. Cool. And you want to say some some more words? To, if I would be a political and you have to convince me why dance, how dance can um, help our society to, to become more open, more more integrative, more more um... no, no, it's no, it's good. I think I know what you mean. Like more I think it's um I've been quoting Francois Matarasso probably every time I speak in public for the last 10 years. He probably needs to pay me some <laughs> money. Um, when he wrote A Restless Art, he I remember him doing a blog post and he quite early on in it. Um, so it's this blog around community arts. Um, and if you don't know it, you should read it, anybody who's listening. <laughs> um, and uh, he wrote that in time i i'm i'm misquoting him but he was writing about in times in times when it gets polemic in times when uh demagogues are in power this kind of this is totally joe's version of this right <laughs> Francois, if you ever listen i'm sorry um that we what happens is as we live in these moments of insecurity the easy answers are the people who say I've got the answer, right? Like it's really, it's really difficult to live in the level of uncertainty and now fear, I think, that many of us are in. And um it's really easy to reach for simple answers. And of course, with the whole kind of polemicization of discourse to do that quickly and to get into conflict really quickly. And Matarasso talks about practicing living in livable ambiguity, like practicing how it is to not know and to uh, really tune into the people around you. And dance can really do this, right? To really listen with your whole body to the person who's with you. And we do it by mirroring, by leading and following, by uh, feeling the space between us, touching each other, like all of these tasks that we practice, that this that this practice helps us to live in not knowing and to understand that decisions don't get made by me. They get made by me in relationship to other people. And I genuinely believe that that's what we're practicing when we dance with each other in certain processes. And I don't want to set one thing against the other as in this is good and this is bad. That's not what I'm doing. But I, I think that something different happens when you bring people together and give them a task together than when you teach them a sequence of movement. And wonderful things happen when you teach them a sequence of movement too, right? <laughs> like this is also important. But what I'm talking about in these negotiations, these are what what I term at the moment and co-creative processes. Um, whether that's going to convince politician, I don't know. I'm not very good at that kind of language, I don't think, but I'm very convinced myself that this is going on. 
<laughs> great question. Great answer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, uh, to relate, you said also, uh, I'm, that was, I meant it in kind of the open and ready to relate this relation with others. And that, that's exactly because, of course, we take a decision for ourselves, but we never should forget that ourselves, as a, we as person, we are never disconnected from the environment and from the others. So every decision cannot be uh, taken without uh, thinking of this relationship. Yeah, so, absolutely. And you know what dance does? In that moment where we all come to move, we're very vulnerable. What's going on inside of us is very readable to the outside or to some degree readable to the outside. So you see someone's hesitation or their insecurity or uh, the place that they're holding themselves. And, and I think even if you're working with someone who, with a group who've never had contact with dance before, they see that happen for each other. And I think this is a source of ethical concern in the work that we do and an absolute superpower of the work that we do. Because in this moment of everyone being vulnerable, no one knowing, <laughs> this potential space opens for um, risk-taking, uh, tuning in with empathy for other people. Um, yeah, so I, I think that this vulnerability and finding spaces to hold that vulnerability in a way that uh, allow people to be brave inside of it, um, I think this is something very important when I think about um, the contribution that we can make to the to this discourse that we're in, which is all about me knowing, me against you, me smacking you down, me building myself up, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. But the, the very difficult question come now. <laughs> oh, God. More <laughs> difficult. Go on. <laughs> so how do you think education of the body should be in the future? Oh, well, you see, this is quite easy for me because I've just written a course. <laughs> how do I think it should be in the future? Well. So I had this amazing thing happen, which was I turned 50 last year. And I started to think about what I wanted for the final third of my career. And, you know, you spend the first third of your career not really knowing, <laughs> building something. And I was super privileged and lucky that the middle part of my career was full of amazing opportunities and making. And, and then I started to think about I guess what you probably call legacy or what what I want to leave somehow as I as I you know move through the next 15 years of my working life and I realized that I'm less concerned with anchoring what I made or what I said but really concerned with trying to leave structures for other artists to develop their own practice which anyway has always been a huge part of my practice so I've always had the projects that I work on and often kind of tried to multiply them and get funding to multiply them so other artists could be making their work. Um, so, um, yeah, this beautiful invitation came from London Contemporary Dance School that would I think with them about what a master's in 
uh, community participatory dance would look like. From Martin Hargreaves and Lisa Oetterhoven. Um, and over the course of six months, we talked to people in the industry, we talked to younger artists, we talked to older artists, we, we, you know, kind of felt our way into what this was. And I had the opportunity then to write the course that I really think that, you know, we need. So, um, and now, of course, I have the wonderful opportunity of leading it. So, and what we did in the end was, and of course, I'm not answering the question generally about education. I'm really talking about this very specific program, but I think there are some general stuff to apply. So one is, I think, that I talked about it before, this opening of this participatory work to really situate it in context, to understand its relationship to art activist practices, to bring these discourses together, to understand what they have to learn from each other as we try to work out what body-based encounters we need to face these urgencies of our times. So this... Um, is widening or opening out of the discourses and bringing out together to the fields was one thing I felt like we discovered that's important. The other was, I think that participatory in community dance is something that you can only learn by doing. So you can be told in a studio what it would be like to negotiate with Laura in your case, you know, how fast she can move or not. But actually doing it with Laura in that moment is the only way to learn it. And uh, setting up a space where you can take a risk safely and understand where the boundaries of, of all of those things are. So, so we were very invested in learning by doing. And for this reason, decided to leave artists embedded in the communities that they work in rather than asking them to relocate to London. So it's a programme where you can take it from anywhere in the world and a lot of the teaching and learning is online. There are two live residences short in London because we also know that it's important to kind of be in a space together, but otherwise you're getting inputs online, you're going and working in your practice in the community and then you're bringing it back to the group to exchange learning. And this is of course also about lowering barriers to access like travel, the ability to get visas and cross borders, the financial means that that requires, this is a privilege that only very few people have. So we're really trying to create a system of teaching and learning that makes it possible for people globally to do this course. And I think that this is what socially engaged dance really needs at this moment of time, a globally connected community of researchers, artists, activists, who are all working locally with this kind of global network because the questions we have are global <laughs> and our work is always situated exactly where we are with the bodies next to us. So, and I, I Arundhati Roy talks about the pandemic as a portal and at the beginning of the pandemic, she wrote about it. And I remember not really being able to connect with this idea so much as we get this kind of brick wall of pandemic. And now I really understood, I really understand that the pandemic for me, in terms of conceiving what international, transnational work could look like, was a total portal because it taught me that I can dance here 
with a group in Ethiopia, and we can have an artistic exchange that isn't only informational, me telling them about my work, but we can be in a creative exchange. We don't need to see each other always to do it. We might leave traces. We might send each other things, you know. So actually, I found this moment really inspiring. And I think that one of the things that dance needs to do, not just dance education, is work out how we sustain our internationalism without contributing to a climate crisis or minimizing our contribution as much as we possibly can. And I think these digital spaces of exchange have an enormous potential for this. Great. Um, you, you brought also another uh, another very important theme, I think, because in, in our day we talk a lot about digitalization, how is digitalization and art. And I think this idea, this project idea is beautiful in the sense that exactly what you said. I, I, I During the pandemic, I, I did my certificate in with TAMED, um, <clears throat> dance medicine. It was possible only because it was online, different way the cost and the, the time didn't allow me because of the family to, to practice this. And you use, I think, in, in with this conception, you use perfectly. And this is that's the way the digitalization can help dance, for example, in connection. So beautiful great question and i find i thank you that it was also so related to a, a very concrete example uh i think is the best it's the best sounds from probably um more than than a wish of of how it should be or it could be in the sense so this is already how how we can change this is already a change how it will be in, in the future yeah, and I think I think um, yes, and in the kind of really kind of now practically working through the delivery of it, which is the phase that I'm in at the moment. Um, we also put a part time, so you can do it full time or part time. We also put a part time strand, and I and I'm constantly recognizing that um, to really to widen the access to education to dance education to really work across borders and devolve resources across borders that it it really takes the willingness to um to question what we've inherited as structures of teaching and learning to question the institutional systems we've inherited when they don't serve the program we're trying to build um and to under, and to kind of again to understand the encounters that we're creating with students as situated in this institutional context which is situated in this kind of political context and its funding regime and 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 um, and to have a really long view of how to systemically try and change that so that we can build something that's really, really doing what it says it's aspiring to do. And I know that for us, this is going to be a journey. I'm working inside of an education system, which, you know, students pay for their learning. So our first step was to ask the institution, okay, we need to have two scholarships where the fees are paid for artists who are living and working in the global south. But then for me to think about, okay, where would the organizations be that might fund students from specific countries to do the program? Um, 
And then with the part-time, you know, how we build it. So it's really part-time so that someone who's got caring responsibilities like you or, uh, and really people who need to keep working and earning their living. And, and of course, it's brilliant that they're doing that because they're applying their practice straight away, how they can do it. And then you understand that if artists are applying their practice straight away, Paolo comes and does a great workshop I'm in your workshop. Joe's completely inspired. Joe goes to her group of elders that evening and goes, oh, I learned this thing today. Let's try it. And they're all learning from Paolo's input that came in this morning. This kind of chain of how that can dissolve very immediately into context. I think I find this very, very exciting. Completely agree. And and there's also a coming back because from what's come from Paolo and go through Joe and to the next person, next person maybe, developing even better and then come yeah. back to yeah, this is uh so from local very local to global and this is this exchange and i i also find personally is is one of my um struggling point we are too less connected this is there is not enough mm-hmm. moment to a, a real exchange especially as teachers or where we are all alone in in our basic and it's very difficult. It's happened, but it's very difficult, this connection and this exchange where we can learn from each other. Yeah, and it's really, uh, I mean, it's it's obvious to say it, but uh, you cannot be giving out to groups all the time without feeling yourself <laughs> creatively. Um, and the seismic social shifts that we've experienced in the last five years with the resurgence of Black Lives Matters, Me Too, the work that we're doing collectively around anti-racism. Like these are these are discourses and practices that artists need to be supported in. So, you know, like this, it's one thing to support emerging artists developing their own practice. This is vital. I think it's also really vital to have places where artists who've been practicing like we have for 20 years can come back and really interrogate their own practice, can interrogate their practice in the light of shifts where they can be exposed to discourses, whether they're they're non-ableist discourses or feminist discourses or whatever that have developed over the last years that can feed their practice. And I feel like this is really, really vital for, for artists who've been practicing for a long time. And I think it can also create a kind of longevity for the the last 15 20 years of people's careers because i think what it does is um create new frictions which are then productive absolutely absolutely (laughs) great i took a lot of your time now so (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much for your contribution i would say you're longer to talk but i think also you have to go i am i hope you're worth in sharing your experience and path inspire our listeners I'm sure about this. And may this short conversation result in new connection for a free and productive exchange of knowledge. And of course, may this contribute to new discussion that enrich and improve the education system of dance and through dance. So thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the invite. It was a pleasure to talk to you, Paolo. Yes, for me too. And yes, I hope not to wait so long next time. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Let's do it again soon. Thank you.
Das Forschungsprojekt wurde durch das Förderprogramm Distanzen finanziert. Distanzen ist Teil des Hilfsprogramms Tanz, das im Rahmen von Neue Start Kultur, eine Initiative der Beauftragten der Bundesregierung für Kultur und Medien, gefördert ist.